Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Thanks for being here, Kurt Mortensen. Episode 241 of Maximize Your Influence. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about how you are selling, how you're increasing the profit for your competition, and sometimes don't even know it. You've had it before where it was a done deal and they went with somebody else. What's going on? What's happening? Somebody else persuade them. You didn't. Stay tuned and we'll let you know. So good to be here. Just getting back from California doing some charismatic training. Did miss a week with a holiday here in the United States. Had some great barbecue. Getting ready for summer. Starting to heat up, but as you know, I'm a big boating guy. Wakeboarding, wake surfing is coming up as we get into the year. I've also been consulting on some great crypto projects. If you don't know what that is, you better look it up. Crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, altcoins, Ethereum. It's the trend. It's the future. So if you don't know what it is, try to find out. If you do, try to get involved. It's a pretty interesting world. Things are changing. So a little bit of housekeeping. Remember, we're on YouTube at Maximize Your Influence, Spotify, Facebook. Everything you need to know is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com or you can send me an email at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. In fact, that's where the show is coming from. Frank, shout out to you from Pennsylvania. Had a detailed question. I talked him through it with one of our free coaching sessions, but I want to get you to understand how this works. But before we do... We've got to get into the geeky article. This comes from Cornell University and our good friend, Dr. Brian Wasink. We interviewed him on the podcast at episode 159. And of course, you can get past episodes at influenceuniversity.com. Get a free membership there or get involved in our 52-week PhD, Advanced Persuasion, Influence, NLP, Negotiation, Persuasive Presentation Program. How's that for a plug? Anyway, Dr. Wansack, and he does a lot with Dr. Kurt Van Ittersom, if I've got that one right, about how much you eat, the size of your plate, the color of your plate, where you sit. I mean, anything, the psychology of food, it's very fascinating, the research he does. So go back to episode 159, we did a full interview with him. But in this article, he talks about the color of your plate. Now on the show, we've talked about colors and association triggers. And we know, based on our interview with Dr. Wansink, that the size of your plate matters. The bigger the plate, the more you eat. That's the bottom line. I think everybody instinctively knows that or has heard that before, and that is true. And so they wanted to look at the color of the plate. And that's even true with the shopping carts. Look at Costco shopping carts. The bigger the cart, the more you put in it. That's just kind of how things are. So let's talk about the color of the plate. So they did some experiments to figure this out to test the color of the plate. And they did this during a college reunion in upstate New York. All the attendees were split up and directed to a buffet serving pasta with either tomato or Alfredo sauce. So while they were in line, they were randomly handed either a red or white plate. Get that to match the sauces? Using hidden scales. 
I don't think the waiter says, oh, you know, let me weigh your plate. Let me see how much you're eating. That's not a good thing. In fact, there was a restaurant in California, uh, all-you-could-eat restaurant, where you had to weigh yourself before you eat. Now, they took off the numbers, the pounds, right, the kilos. You paid based on weight. And, of course, that's a bad association triggers. So they found that people had low contrast between their food and their plates. They served themselves. For example, pasta with Alfredo sauce on a white plate or pasta with tomato sauce on a red plate. They served themselves 30% more than the participants with the high contrast between food and their plate they served themselves. So if it was a white plate and you did the red sauce, you could tell how much you were getting. But if it was a red plate and you used the red sauce, then you served yourself 30% more or 42 grams more pasta. So imagine that over time if you're a restaurant owner, especially all you can eat or if you're serving food. You want contrast. Even more, you have to look at the background, the table, the tablecloth, the placemat. That helped reduce overserving by as much as 10%. The tablecloth, the placemat, the table, all those external surrounding things we don't think about that affect our ability to persuade and influence. We've talked about subconscious triggers so many times in the show. It's a foundation of persuasion. So think about it. If you're trying to lose weight or if you're running a restaurant or if you want them to think more than they actually do or less than they actually do, it doesn't just do with food. It can do with surroundings. It can do with how comfortable people feel in your office, how they feel with music, symbols, smells. It all comes around. So isn't that a fascinating study from our friend Dr. Wansink? Thank you for that. Color of your plate, size of your plate, all these things matter. Subconscious triggers, it makes a difference. Be more aware of it. And of course, if you're new to the show, welcome. Glad to have you here. Tell your family and friends. Again, MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And, of course, we have either a blunder or a ninja every week, and this week is a blunder. Homer, go. Don't, don't, don't. This blunder happened to me when I was traveling back east. I was in the country of Qatar, in the capital city of Doha, which is pretty much most of the country. And I was with some other people that were from out of the country, and a local asked, what do you think of our country? Now, I thought everybody knew the answer to that question, no matter where you are anywhere in the world, that you don't say negative things about somebody's country, somebody's sports team, somebody's political affiliation, someone's religion, because that's their baby, that's their life. We've got to be very careful. And they said some positive things. I'll give them that. But they said, well, you know, but I don't like this, and I don't like that, and this could be better. You know, and this is better in our country. And the relationship went downhill from there. Even talking negative about someone's company or product can have the same thing. You've got to be very careful on how you give honest advice because you're making fun of their children. Oh, you're like, oh, Kurt, what do you mean? Let me give you an example. A sales manager goes into IT and says, look, the software is costing us money. We're having glitches. We're having challenges. We need to fix it. Everyone agrees. Will you fix it for us? And all he got was resistance. It was a no-brainer. Everybody knew they needed to change the software. There were challenges or issues. It was costing them clients, customers, and money. They needed to fix it. But resistance and more resistance. Why? Well, two reasons. First of all, you forgot about the law of esteem and maximum influence. When you brew someone's esteem, it lowers the gates of influence. 
You can't come into someone's department and tell them what they should do and what they should change. And you just made fun of their children. If they've created this software, it's their baby. They've nurtured it. They've helped it grow. They know just like their children, it's not perfect, but only they can make fun of their children. You can't. So you got to be very careful, whether it's a graphic designer, IT, or anybody. You can't just be going off being too honest. I mean, you want to be honest to a certain extent, but don't make fun of their children. You know what I mean? Their country, product, service, religion, politics. That's personal. It's attached to them. It's part of their identity. Be very careful that you don't bruise their esteem. And if you need to help them discover for themselves that they need to make some changes, you can ask questions and get their advice and get their opinion with your think. This is what is costing us. How can we fix this? Then they'll be more open and honest with you. Huge blunder happens all the time. Don't do it. Fix it and be more persuasive. All right. Got it. Good. Let's get into our core element of the show that I teased you on earlier is that you are making money for your competition. Some of you already know this. Some of you don't. Some of you called back and they went with XYZ Company, and you're like, they're inferior. They're not even good as us. They're actually more expensive than us. They're actually not even close to what we can offer. And they went with them? What's going on? What's happening? I'll tell you. What you did throughout your presentation is you created the hunger. You made them hungry. And they went somewhere else to eat. Why does this happen? We have to talk about it. You've created that itch. They went somewhere else to scratch it. However you want to put it, that's the challenge. You've got them excited. You've got them in on it. They want it. They need it. You've convinced them, but they went somewhere else. Let me give you some examples. I was at this network marketing presentation. It was pretty good. Pretty persuasive. You know, I monitor these things, see how persuasive they are. The speaker was really good talking about that you have to be on some type of nutritional, that you are not getting the vitamins you need or the nutrients you need from your food. And this is what happened with the quality of the food over the years. It's just very good presentation. I felt a little dissonance, you know, a little cognitive dissonance. Look up the law of dissonance. That is another law of persuasion. I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do this. And they were wanting, you know, $1,000 and a couple of dollars a month for these top-of-the-line nutritionals. And I'm like, okay, nutritionals, nutritional. And I went to Costco and got a 1,000 antioxidants, that was her big thing, antioxidants, for I don't know what it was, 10, 20 bucks. <laughs> and found out later that you know there is a quality issue, and you get what you pay for, but they created the hunger. I felt like I needed to change, and I went somewhere else to get the meal. Another example, I was getting ready to go to graduate school, ready to buy a car. It was one of the nicer cars that I'd ever owned, and... The salesperson was talking about, yeah, alarm system. This car is stolen a lot, and you need this alarm system. Here's our pricing. We'll give you a special deal. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And at the time, this was over 20 years ago, the club. I don't know if you remember the club. I think they still have it. It's this little thing you put on your steering wheel that makes your steering wheel so big that people can't turn it if they ever steal your car, all right? So the salesperson created the itch about this car getting stolen. I went to the cheapest option possible and got the club. Well, fast forward, we moved to Pennsylvania and the car was stolen. And the police officer said, yeah, there's only a couple of keys to this thing. And you can just cut the steering wheel and take it off. (laughs) But anyway, I didn't know that. I just went somewhere else to get the meal. 
or monitoring this stock market seminar. They had this great product in mentoring. I was there with my friend, and we were just listening, and I was saying, whatever, I can figure this out. Plenty of information online. They made a lot of money, and I didn't because they created the hunger, and I tried to get the meal someplace else, and it actually hurt me. So you've got to let your prospect know why it's going to hurt them to go someplace else in a subtle way. Now, one thing I have to do in my trainings and my seminars is I have books. I'm an author, and I offer coaching and advanced training. And the book has basic information. The reality is the chance of someone reading a whole book and applying one thing from it is less than 1%. And so I know they need coaching. They need more hands-on. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful. But if I don't let them know that, they will go to one of the cheapest options, will buy the book to fulfill their need to eat because I created the hunger. So you with me on this? What's happening with your product? Who is taking your business? What needs to happen? So you have to be aware, where are they going? Who's taking your business? Now, sometimes it's just luck. If you're running a car dealership, the first place somebody goes super resistance, they're looking around. If you're the 10th dealership, the resistance is down, they're tired of it, you might have more of a chance for them to buy a car there versus the first car dealership, okay? Here's some questions to ask yourself. So why aren't they buying right now? Why do they need to look around? Well, you need to go back to the law of scarcity and think, why didn't you help them make a decision today? You know what be-backs are? I'll be back, I'll be back. You got to create real, legitimate scarcity, urgency, psychological reactions, they call it, to get them to make a decision. So that's the first thing to work on. Why are they looking at other places? Why do they need to look around? You didn't create urgency or scarcity or the ability to get them to make a decision. Maybe you didn't provide a safety net. You see that audio video stores. You're looking at that big TV. And you're like, I wonder if I can get it cheaper someplace else. I can look on the internet. I can go to the store. And you want to look around. What's the safety net? I guarantee if you find it anywhere else cheaper, we'll triple your money back. And you usually don't look, but you have that guarantee, that safety net, knowing you get a good deal. If you find a better deal, you're going to get some money back. Or the guarantee just to try it out. Try it for 60 days. Try it for 30 days. Let them have that safety net to know that you really believe in your product and service. Great guarantees, a great warranty, a safety net can be a powerful thing to get people not to look around for other places to solve that itch. Maybe it's a pricing issue. Now, remember, if they say it's too expensive, you've blown your presentation, you have to build the value. You have to be able to show them that the investment, and that's what you say, by the way, investment, not cost, that the investment is smaller than the return on investment they're going to get back from it. Another tool that I've noticed works very well is having a relevant story to bring them to the point that quit delaying. If they delay, it's not going to happen and there's going to be big consequences in their life. If I was selling life insurance, this is about a story, put it off, right? And forgot about it and kept putting it off and putting it off and forgot about it. And of course, tragic accident, family was left with nothing, they were destitute. That helps the prospect realize, yeah, I'm probably going to put it off, it's not going to happen, might as well do it now, I've wasted enough time looking. That makes a big difference. Or if I was selling a big screen TV and I wanted the home installation, I was trying to upsell the home insulation, the story of someone else trying to install it and they did it wrong and they didn't have insurance and it crashed down, <laughs> killed the family dog. Well, maybe not that. But anyway, this tragic story about ruining the TV would help them visualize, all right, 
I need help. I've got to do this. Quit wasting time. Maybe the question, well, how much of you time investigating, researching, going around place to place? What have you done so far? Who have you talked to can be beneficial to know how to make sure that you don't create the hunger and they go somewhere else to eat the meal. Are they going to the internet? I mean, what do they see when they go there? Do they see truth? Do they see lies? Maybe you need to inoculate them, pre-solve what they're going to see, give them the tools to understand that some companies might claim they're the cheapest, but they don't provide X, Y, and Z. Or some companies will say something negative about your company, but it's not true because of this and this. Give them that information. Help them understand what they're going to find. But your main thing is to help them make a decision now. Because any human will delay making a decision if they can, right? It's just how we're programmed. It's what we do. Your job as a great persuader is to help them make a decision, get involved, save some time, and solve their problem. They will thank you for it. A lot of persuaders get all, oh, you know, I don't want to push too hard. They will thank you for it. If you've got the product and service that they need that's going to solve their problem, you've got to persuade them to do it. Otherwise, they're going to look someplace else. And let me put it to you this way. You have a moral and ethical obligation to persuade them. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? They're going to waste more time. They're going to get an inferior product. It's not going to solve their problem. They're not going to serve them like you're going to serve them. Why would you let that happen? Get that in your brain to persuade them right then and there. Don't just create the hunger. Don't just get them excited. Don't just put them under the ether, as they say. Get them into the deal. Get them into your program. Whatever it is that you're trying to persuade them to do. Because if they're going to think about it, they're not. If they're going to talk to somebody, they probably won't. If they're going to come back, wow, don't hold your breath. Get in. Make it happen. Get the right mindset. And the last thing I'm going to mention doesn't involve anybody here on the program, but it could involve other people. Did they accept you as the expert? Maybe they didn't buy what you're saying. Were you the expert? Did they trust you? Because when you're the expert, there's very little persuasion resistance. I mean, when you trust a, a doctor or a lawyer or anybody as the expert, as the person who knows what they are talking about, as the person who's the expert that can solve their problem or issue or concern, then there's no reason to go anywhere else. So that's a big question to ask yourself. Is that true? Could that be happening? Is that you to get past this point? Don't just create the hunger. Okay, Don't just get them excited so they can go eat the meal someplace else. You're making money for your competition. Again, moral and ethical obligation to persuade. You believe in your product. You know you can solve the problem. You can make this happen. You can persuade them. You can increase your success and income by applying these principles. So that's our show for today. Thanks for being here. Again, MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also on Twitter, at InfluenceMax. Master these skills, become more influential, more charismatic, and persuade with power. 